You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And belly on up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. His name is Ed. We are Socks in the Basement. 30 minutes of socks. Four fans, by fans, found everywhere podcasts can be found. Always at SocksInTheBasement.com and also over at SocksOn35th.com where you can get hard-hitting analysis and also ridiculous analysis like my friend Ed put up there just the other day when he looked into his crystal ball and tried to predict all 12 months of 2022 as it pertains to the White Sox and many other things. And I I don't think I've laughed harder at any article written on any site. Uh, I can't even say written in print. Nobody writes in print anymore. But I laughed out loud at that thing. (laughs) And you definitely have to go to SoxOn35th.com and read Mismatch Socks by Ed as he tries to predict 2022. And well, since I've been writing it for what, you know, almost two years now, and that's the first time you pimped it on the show, uh, I'd say <laughs> I did pretty well then, huh? Yeah, it was finally good enough for me to talk about it. I did it right at the beginning yeah. of the show. I did it before I told people about our proud sponsors, Family Waterproofing Solutions, named one of the South Town's best in 2021 by the Daily South Town. You got bowing walls, window well issues, foundation crack repair, uh, some pumps that need to be taken care of, maybe replaced or at least checked upon, gutter cleaning, uh, any kind of issue with your foundation, uh, your crawl space encapsulation, you want to make an appointment with them right now, have them come out and evaluate it right now so that when the weather begins to warm, they can get to work right away for you. Family and veteran owned and operated since they started in 2013, open 24-7. Give them a call, 708-330-4466, or visit them at FamilyDry.com. What a difference a family makes. And it is the end of 2021, 2022, uh, coming about here in about a day or so as we sit down and, and start this episode off. We've got all kinds of fun for the first week of 2022. But today, Ed, I have an idea for this show that goes back to our roots when we were doing rock radio. And that is the traditional end of the year, beginning of the new year countdown show. Oh, countdowns. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> what did you think I was talking about? Well, there's a lot of cans of worms that could be opened up with. Let's go back to our rock radio roots. I don't think half of that's allowed anymore in uh, regular society. No, I, more than half of it. Yeah, most of what we did would get us in big, big trouble. But, but now we can still do countdown shows. Oh, yeah. Countdown. Countdowns are a staple. That's great. They have not been outlawed yet. Okay. And what we're going to do this year is we are going to give our top 10 most important White Sox of the new year, 2022. Who are the 10 most important players to this team in 2022? And the rules are very simple. Okay. Each of us get to name five. They're not in any particular order. That way, if I take a player that Ed wants to take, he can he can pivot and go to somebody else and vice versa. The only question is, Ed. Yes. Do you want the low-hanging fruit of selecting the first of these 10 most important White Sox of 2022? Or do you want the last pick, as we will rotate back and forth, in which you will get to add the last guy to the list with everybody else being left off? 
But then again, you might get criticism because you're going to be the last person, which means you might be leaving off somebody's favorite player. Well, knowing your fondness for playing with low-hanging things, I will let you go first. Wow! You see, you're taking you're taking the hard road on this one. I like this. All I right. will take I will take the hard road on this one. Yeah, sure. All right, all right. Here we go. Then I'm going to kick it right off with the most obvious one, the one that I think is a future Hall of Famer, the guy whose jersey I just got and talked about on the last show, and we talked about what the best White Sox jerseys were. Number 88, Luis Robert is one of the ten most important White Sox of 2022. In fact, he's one of the most important White Sox of this decade. If he goes well, if he becomes what we see him becoming, this team will never be bad. They're always going to be competitive and good with a guy like Luis Robert on their team. I, I don't think that there's there's much I can say about him that could convince you any differently. I think we all know that he's great. But in his shortened season due to injury, Robert against lefties, his OPS was 1235 and against righties was 860. That puts him number one against left-handed pitchers in 2021 on the team and number four on the team against righties. Now, I picked everybody there. So, like, Gavin Sheets is actually ahead of him, and so is Adam Engel. Take out those two guys who barely played. He's second best. He's he's best against one side. He's second best against the other side. He's your best hitter on your team. He plays defense. He has speed. He should be sitting in the three spot Every single day in the order, in my opinion, as Luis Robert goes, the team could go right. I, I, you know, if he he could carry the team, he's one of those guys. He could carry the team, not just for a short period of time. He could carry the whole season, frankly. But I'm going to go on the mound for my first my first guy here, and I'm not going to go necessarily to the number one or two starters. I'm going to go to the number three guy. I'm going to Dylan Cease. Ooh, I love that pick. I love that pick, Ed. I love that pick. I love you. Going and making sure that Dylan Cease is in the top 10, and he's the first pitcher that ends up on our list. Well, and and it's partially because I think at this point Lance Lynn is Lance Lynn, and I think Lucas Giolito is settling into just being Lucas Giolito and and knowing what you're going to get from those two guys. And it's important. It is important that those two guys do what they do. But Dylan Cease is the guy that can still take a huge next step, right? So this is a guy who... You know, his numbers last year were pretty good, right? I mean, you know, you'll take a 391 ERA, 32 starts. Uh, you'll take his 12.3 strikeouts per nine inning, which is a huge number for a starter. That is that is big-time strikeout ability for a guy. And a 1.249 whip is really good as well. He is, I think, the guy, though, that could take the rotation from being a very good rotation to being an extremely dangerous rotation against the rest of the AL and against the rest of the major leagues, frankly. Because if he improves, and he has improved every single year that he's been up with the Sox, if he takes another step and improves, striking out all those guys, but gets a little bit more efficient to where he brings it up from 165 innings up closer to 200. I don't think anybody's thrown 200 innings ever again, but if he can get more, you know, another another 15 to 20 innings out of him and a little bit better as far as what kind of hurt him walks were okay, but he could do better there. I think hits were okay, but he could do better there. If he could do that, if he can control some of the base runner damage that he gives up and get himself into a position where he dominates games, 
not just gets into the fifth and then peters out, but dominates games. That is going to be huge, not just during the regular season where he can save the bullpen a little bit and where he can put an end to losing streaks. That's what that ace level of a pitcher can do. But also, going into the playoffs, if he is a guy that now has taken that next step and is confident in everything and is efficient and can go out and do, say, what Lance McCullers did against the Sox, and they can lean on him, He's a guy that could overtake Giolito. He could overtake Lynn and eventually enter 2023 as the ace of the staff. All right, well, you picked the pitcher, so I'm going back to the hitters because hitters are easy. I'm going to take a guy with a 159 weighted runs created, WRC+. I'm going to take a guy with a OPS of 940 last year. I'm going to take a guy that was worth 3.7 wins above replacement and did not play a full season and did that at a position where you don't normally find that kind of offensive production, and that's catcher. I'm going to take Yasmani Grandal and put him on the list of the top 10 most important White Sox for 2022. Here's a guy with a 1031 OPS against lefties and a 909 against righties, just like Luis Robert, right up there in the top two spots, no matter who's up there throwing against him. In fact, they are the most stable hitters of 2021. They are the most dangerous run producers of 2021. They are better than uh, former MVP of the 2020 season, Jose Abreu, in terms of what they can produce, especially if you project them out for a full year. They are extremely important to this team. And when you look at fan graphs, they actually project more wins above replacement for Grandal next year and more of what you saw. He may come back a little bit from that crazy tear that he had after his injury when he got back. But once he gets locked in, especially if he comes with that plate approach of I'm not swinging unless it's the right pitch for me, you know, and he draws all those walks and he keeps the line moving. He is so important to this team. And I believe you saw a much more dangerous offense when you had Robert and Grandal both in the lineup. You didn't get that all year when they were both there. That was a different team. Before we get to your next selection, we're three in in the top 10 most important White Sox of 2022. Uh, let's talk about Cork and Carey at the park, the most important place that you could go to before, during, or after a ball game. In fact, Cork and Carey has two locations, the one that's down at 33rd in Princeton in the shadow of the ballpark that has the award-winning menu of burgers and ballpark favorites. In fact, they have two-for-one burgers when you dine in on Mondays whenever there's not a White Sox home game. And they've got craft beers rotating throughout, familiar favorites, spirits, and wine. They are your home base for White Sox pregame, postgame, and viewing parties. And they are having a New Year's Eve party. It is happening 8 p.m. It starts going until 1 in the morning. $50 all-inclusive event on New Year's Eve. And both locations on New Year's Day, $2 domestic bottles all day long. The second location, of course, in Beverly at 10614 Southwestern Avenue. Check out both locations and learn more at corkandcarry.com. Three in, and if we go at this pace, we're going to run out of time. So let's start rattling them off a little bit. Who's your next guy? Well, my next guy is a guy that, uh, frankly, right now has a position, might have two positions, uh, and is definitely somebody that, again, I, I'm, I'm going with the guys that need to take the next step. It's Andrew Vaughn, I think, is going to be supremely important to the White Sox this year. Wow. See, I would. I don't know if I would have gone for that right away. I mean, I guess because he could. This team could be good even if he doesn't develop. Like it would be disappointing if he didn't develop. But if they go out and get the right pieces, 
and he's not playing every day, I don't know if that's going to prevent them from going and winning a World Series. You know what I'm saying? So expound on this a little bit more for me. Well, here's why I think Vaughn becomes important, because you have a guy here who, first of all, was brought up last year with the idea that he was simply going to be a DH. And then even Liam Hendricks mentioned it when, when we had him on the show that Vaughn worked his tail off to become a fielder. This is a guy that I think more so than Larry Garcia, and I know Larry Legend is is the super utility guy, but I think Vaughn becomes the depth piece for the White Sox, where he is a guy that is going to move all over the field. If you need to get Aloy Jimenez out of left field, Andrew Vaughn's the guy. If you need to spell you know, Juan Mancada at third base, Andrew Vaughn is the guy. You want to take Jose Abreu off of first for a few games, Andrew Vaughn is the guy. I think he's a super utility guy for this team. And even if he's not necessarily playing every day because they've picked up the right pieces, if he starts the season in Charlotte, he's going to have to come up at some point and be the guy to come in and step in for somebody because there's no way this team goes the entire year without needing to give a veteran a break or having a player get hurt or having some need for somebody to step in. And he is, if he has done what I think he is trying to do, and that is become multi-positional, become a guy who is flexible and if he can hit like he was supposed to hit based on his pedigree, he becomes a huge weapon for them. And I, I, I agree with you to the extent that if he doesn't show up at all, there are other guys that are going to produce, and it's not necessary. But if he shows up big, I do think he makes a huge difference in them getting to the World Series. All right. I have to now pick my third here. I'm running out of guys. I'm going with Yoan Moncada over a third base because I believe this is it. This is the year where I expect Yuan Moncada to either take that jump and get a lot closer to what he was in 2019 or show us, this is it. This is what I am. I, I, you can't see any regression, though. You see him go any worse than what he did last year, you might have a little bit of an issue. He had a good year in 2021. He had a four wins above replacement number. He was at 4.0 B war. Okay, baseball reference war. And the way that they figure out their war, their wins above replacement, he's just shy of being at an all-star level. So he still had a productive year. He was maddening, I think, to some White Sox fans. And me at certain times, I felt a little upset, feeling like once this whole thing had gotten to a point where the White Sox were likely going to win the division or make the postseason, he seemed to take his foot off the gas. I saw at-bats in person where it looked like he was a little lackadaisical up at the plate. A focused Yuan Moncada is a weapon for this team. He's very important to this team. He can play a good defense over at third base. This team needs him to perform well. If he's going well, it's very hard to find uh, places in the lineup where you can find outs. He makes it much harder in this lineup when he's firing on all cylinders. That's why I find him to be one of the most important White Sox players of 2022. Yeah, defensively, I love him over at third base. And his potential on offense, based on the one really great year he had, you have to believe that he's got that talent. He just has to put it out on the field. And, and if he does... The team becomes, you know, almost unstoppable in that lineup. If he takes time off, you know, whether mentally or physically, it, it becomes a heck of a lot harder. But uh, you know, I, I, I'm wholeheartedly in agreement with you that Moncada's Moncada's a very, you know, he's a very key guy if he if he shows up. I'm going to stick with the the hitters here for a minute, and I am going to go back to a guy that you referenced a few minutes ago, and that is Aloy Jimenez. 
I like that pick. You stole my pick. You stole my next pick. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that's is, mean, but, and um, I think you should you you should feel ashamed. I should. But you be, stole my I, last I, pick. I, I I feel you stole my pick. My now I got to find another one while you talk. All right, go ahead. Yeah. All right, well, there's plenty of guys to choose from. Um, here's here's I mean, it's very simple with Aloy Jimenez. He represents Thunder in the middle of the lineup. I don't know if you, I want to say he's the biggest source of power that you have in the lineup, but he is one of the biggest sources of power in the lineup. Plus, what we saw in 2019 and 2020 was that he's got a knack for coming up when it seems like a big moment. And that was a little lacking after he got back from the injury last year. I'm going to cut him a break for last year and being hurt. I also think when he came back, he was much more conservative in the field. He didn't take as many chances, which is only going to help things and help keep him on the field. But the lineup is just so much better with him in it than when he's not in there. And I don't think you can replace a guy who's got that sort of clutch knack. And it's also really hard to replace a guy that could easily go for 40 home runs without breaking much of a sweat as long as he gets the at-bats and as long as he's there. I agree with you on Aloya Menace. I, I think when you look at his career numbers at the plate, 801 against left-handed pitching, that's his OPS. 964 OPS against right-handed pitching. Uh, remember when we were really left-handed pitcher centric, like we killed all the lefties and we couldn't hit righties at all. Aloy was the guy that would, would stabilize that lineup a little bit. I mean, in 19 in 2019, a 781 OPS against lefties and an 847 against righties in 2020. He was good against both 898 against righties and 860 against lefties last year was weird coming back from the injury. 795 OPS against righties and a 575 against lefties. But he wasn't right. And I remember when the injury happened, Ed, and several doctors were on different radio shows and being interviewed in print, and they all said, he's going to be able to hit, but that power is not going to be back until next year. I think the power comes back, the confidence comes back, and we get the guy from 19 20, the guy for his entire career who's been a beast, the guy that I said last year is one of those guys I'd want up there in the clutch moment in any game, in any situation, because he is a gamer. And you're right. He's one of the top 10 most important White Sox in 2022. I'm going to go to the mound for the first time. I'm going to put Lucas Giolito out there. And I'm going to do it very simply because Lucas Giolito has the makings of an ace but I don't think I would put Lucas Giolito in the top five pitchers in all of baseball. You know what I'm saying? Like he's the ace of his team. Yeah. But it's time for him to take the step and be an ace in baseball in general. We can all find the best pitcher on any team. I'm waiting for that next gear, and I think it's coming. Lucas Giolito was just on uh, Chris Rose's podcast. I saw this. I, don't, I can't remember what it's called. Somebody sent me the clip, and they were talking about the collective bargaining agreement, right? And he's the player rep for the White Sox. And during it, Rose basically asked him a question in which he said, well, wouldn't you benefit if the players get what they want because you might become a free agent sooner? And it kind of it kind of like looked like it, it threw Giolito off there for a moment because that's exactly what would happen. He's getting close. He's a couple years away. And he started to talk about his free agency and how it will eventually come upon him. And he is very aware of the fact that if he performs well, he makes more money. Well, if he's going to do that, now is the time. He's got two years left before he gets to that moment. If he's going to do that, he knows it's time to kick it into an even higher gear. I think he will 
not just because of the money, but because he's capable of it. But he's very aware of it. He's very motivated to do it. He wants to win, and he wants to be one of the best, and that's why he's important next year. Yeah, there's not much more you can say about it than that. I mean, if if Lucas Giolito becomes a baseball and MLB level ace where he is in the the conversation of top five top 10 pitchers anywhere uh the White Sox are in great shape if he maintains his status as just the best pitcher on the White Sox staff but he's not really in those conversations the White Sox are in very good shape but we know that pitching wins championships and the difference between you know say the season Jose Contreras had in 2005 versus other seasons that he had as on the mound uh, you know, his dominance level that year made all the difference for the White Sox in winning the World Series, right? So Giolito's very much in that same position, I think. You know, I get muscle aches all the time. I've gone from being able to do whatever I want to and not feeling any pain to basically getting pain for any kind of physical activity. Good news, there's a local family-owned Southside business that provides a CBD topical that will not break the bank. Creaky Bone Balm offers concentrated relief for creaky bones. It is an effective hemp-based CBD in a rejuvenating balm. And guess what? It's made in small batches, always free of preservatives and all natural ingredients. It's great for muscle aches, tension, inflammation, joint pain. You can even use it for skin ailments like burns and dry cracked skin. Right now, go to creakybone.com and use the promo code BASEMENT. Get 20% off your order. And now check out the new 2,500 milligram balm with reduced pricing on their classic balms right now at creakybone.com. All right, so with seven down and three to go, we are down to a number of guys that could be really important, but I think a guy that his his contributions to this team the past couple of years have been undeniable. Tim Anderson, when he is going, so are the Sox. When Tim Anderson is scuffling or when Tim Anderson is unavailable, the White Sox fall apart. I mean, it's 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 that simple for T.A. He sets the table. He is the straw that stirs the drink. He is all of those cliches and more. And when you're looking at, at what he brings to the, the plate and what he brings to the table, his ability to hit and his ability to get on base and his ability to cause problems and his ability to set the tone for the team is huge. When he is going right in wins for the White Sox, okay, and this is this is his career. So he's got an 898 OPS and a 334 batting average when the White Sox have won over the course of 324 games in his career that he has been a part of wins. In the 369 losses he's been a part of, his OPS is 632. So Tim Anderson, he leads the charge. If he is going good, the White Sox are going good. We need him to sustain this year, though, I think, not necessarily be streaky, but he's got to stay on the field and he's got to be pretty consistent all the way across. And I think he can do that. I I really do think he's a fairly consistent guy throughout the, the season the past couple of years. Before I get to my final pick, only two more to go here. I want to remind you that Sox in the Basement is doing a $1,000 guest bounty. Remember, if you're able to get us a guest on this show, introduce us to somebody, start the process along, and we book that guest. And they are voted in March as the best guest of the offseason. You will win $1,000 
from Elite Benefits of America. Butch Zemar wants to lower the cost of health insurance for your company, your employees, small, mid-sized companies. Contact him now. That way, next year's open enrollment process will make your business the employer of choice. You can get his podcast, the Zemar Podcast, where he talks a lot about insurance. Or you can learn more at EliteBenefits.net. Call him today at 708-535-3006. Liam Hendricks, David Sampson, and who knows who's next. We're already working on some other ones. But if you want to throw it into the pot, get that name, get that connection, and get it to us through SocksInTheBasement.com. All right. My last pick and number nine on this list, and then you're going to have to make the difficult choice of who is the 10th guy for the 10 most important White Sox of 2022. This guy, Ed, has a career batting average of 317 and a career OPS of 764. Plays an incredible defense, very young, controlled for years. Oh, wait, we traded Nick Mandrigal. So I can't add him to the list. Can't add him to the list. And I can't, because of the rules, I can't pick whoever the second baseman's going to be because that's going to be really important to this team, right? Right? Whoever the second baseman's going to be. But I can't pick that according to the rules either. Well, if, if you're going to do that, you got to go with, right now, you'd have to go with Larry <laughs> Garcia, right? Because nope. tell me who else I'm is going to start it. over him. Listen, I, I saw this really great thing on Twitter um, and where where I, I, I can't remember. Honest to goodness, I can't remember who did it. I was flipping along. Um, but there was a comparison, player A, player B, and somebody put up Chris Bryant's stats from uh, the same amount of at-bats that Larry Garcia got last year, and Garcia was better to try to see if people would pick the Garcia, who is player B, like to prove a point. And look, Leary Garcia is a great Swiss Army knife first guy off the bench. I don't want to see him starting every day, and I don't think this team wins a World Series with him in the lineup every day. I know that angers people, but I'm not, I'm not backing off of that, okay? I mean, he hit that home run in game three, and I looked at my sister while everybody was screaming, and I was like, can you believe this? And she's like, nope. Last guy I thought was ever going to do that. Like, I mean, like there was cheering and laughter at the same time. And it was glorious. And it's one of the greatest moments of the season. And I like the fact he's back on the team, but he's not in my top 10. I don't know if you're going to pick him. Uh, No, no, no. I'm going to pick an obvious one right here because even though he's regressing, even though he's getting older, he is very important to this team. Jose Abreu, with only a three wins above replacement B-War, All right, had an OPS plus of 125 last year and an OPS of 831. Uh, That is lower than what he has done for his career. He is definitely not doing as well as he did in his prime. He still had 30 home runs. He still had 117 RBI, although some of that is because of where he hits in the order. And as I've said before, if he's hitting lower in the order this year, then your team is doing what it's supposed to be doing. That means Jimenez has gotten better. That means Mancata is improving. That means Robert is doing what he's doing. I think LaRusso is going to put him up in the three or four spot to start the year. I think by midway through the season, he's in the five or six. I really honestly believe it. I think if you look at his stats and his splits, you can see the regression. You can see that a guy with a career OPS against lefties of 924 and a career OPS against righties of 848 who showed in 2019 that really good hitting against lefties continued, but it dropped off against right-handed pitching. And it did the exact same thing in 2021. He had two good months, 60 days, 60 games in 2020, where he hit righties. But in 2019 and 2021, he became a very average guy. I mean, his OPS plus against righties is almost league average. So to me, That means he's falling off a little bit against right-handed pitching. He's still mashing lefties. 
He still brings an awful lot of value to your team. He's very important to these younger players. He's definitely a starter every day on your team, and you don't want him to regress too much. You still need Jose Abreu to give you everything he can, and if he does, you are one step closer to a World Series. He is definitely in the top 10 most important White Sox of 2022, and the pressure is now on you, my friend, to pick the last guy in because then everybody else was left off the list and people will hate you. Well, people might hate me anyway, but... (laughs) I mean, people are going to hate you. I mean, like, right now, hold on a second. Let me hit some music before Ed talks about his pick, okay? Let's just prepare everybody. Here we go. Beautiful. There it is. It's the big moment, Ed. You're going to pick the last guy on the top 10 list. And I can always tell people, well, I would have picked so-and-so. I would have picked so-and-so. Ed had the last pick. I get to drop everything on you now, Ed. You have to pick the last guy on this list. Well, and there's part of me that wanted to say Craig Kimbrell because he either performs or brings (laughs) back somebody that does. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to play it serious here. Terrible idea. (laughs) Yeah. No, in reality, the guy that I I think deserves the 10 spot here is Lance Lynn. And the reason why Lance Lynn deserves that 10 spot is because he was brought in here in a trade to become another veteran presence. He was supposed to help with the, you know, with him and Dallas Keuchel settling down a younger rotation. Giolito taking that next step. Dylan Cease hopefully taking the next step and be a calming presence. And I think he did that. You know, 269 ERA is nothing to sneer at. The, the thing that I think makes Lance Lynn very important, though, is he was brought in here because of the 208 innings he pitched in 2019. The fact that he led the league with 84 innings in 2020 in that shortened season. He's a guy that is supposed to take the ball every fifth day, take it deeper into games, be the guy that helps rest the bullpen because Giolito is still learning how to be a guy that goes deep. Cease is learning how to be a guy that goes deep. You're going to have Michael Kopech at the back end of the rotation. He's not going to be allowed to go deep into games unless he's getting one pitch outs, you know, through a significant number of innings. And you've got a question mark there, too, with Dallas Keuchel, either at the back end or maybe it's Ronaldo Lopez or somebody, uh, you know, else is going to be in that rotation. We don't know who. But Lynn has got to be the guy that they traded for. And if he is able to improve on the 157 innings he pitched, which is it's not great as far as the number of innings for a guy that's supposed to be your innings eater. If he's able to make 32 starts, 33 starts again, I think he keys the White Sox not only to winning this division again in the regular season, but if he is able to go out, and I understand he's always going to have some problems with the Astros. It's not really what we're talking about. But if he's able to go out and go into the playoffs and have that good game one or game two start and help them set the, the table for an ALDS run, an ALCS run, they're going to need him. Cease and Giolito might ultimately be better pitchers this year, but they desperately need Lance Lynn. They need the Lance Lynn from the Texas Rangers. They need the Lance Lynn from his prime in St. Louis. They need some version of that Lance Lynn to show up, and that's why they extended him. They need that guy. The top 10. Most important White Sox of 2022 in no particular order as selected through this random back and forth. Luis Robert, Dylan Cease, Yasmani Grandal, 
Andrew Vaughn, Yoan Moncada, Aloy Jimenez, Lucas Giolito, Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, and Lance Lynn. My apologies to the entire White Sox bullpen because honestly, it's important if Aaron Bummer does well, uh, Kendall Graveman better do a good job, uh, and we all love Liam Hendricks, and we all love Liam Hendricks' pick to break out this year, Ryan Burr. Ryan Remember, Burr. He, said that, he said that on the show when Liam was yeah. on as a guest just about a week and a half ago. Go back and check that out. Anywhere podcasts can be found and always at SoxInTheBasement.com. 30 minutes with Liam Hendricks on this program. Uh, he was big on Ryan Burr, but I think we made a good list, and I enjoy the fact that everybody will yell at you for leaving off their favorite player. Who, who do they yell at me first about besides Liam Hendricks? Who I oh, think Liuri. was probably. Oh, they're going to be mad at you, Liuri. They're going to be mad at you for not picking him. Uh, mad at me for not picking Liuri? Liuri stands are angry, you know. And then you got to watch out for the Kopech stands. They're like, ah, oh, he's going to be the best. Oh, yeah. He's going to go out and he's yeah, going to pitch Kopech 250 stands. innings, and he's going to he's going to strike out 5,000 guys. And like, I mean, there, there, there's the crazy, the, the Gavin Sheets truthers. Right, you know, right. that are out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, the Adam Engel stands. I would have picked him. If I could have picked one more, I would have picked Adam Engel. I know you would have. I know you would have. If Adam Engel's good, you don't need a right fielder. I would have done that. So there, I'm sure there's one more crazy person like me out there. Okay. And Gavin Sheets' mother is mad at you. I'm sure. I, so is Adam Engel's mom. <laughs> I, and frankly, I, I think I've, I've angered more parents and grandparents than I care to know. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.